and welcome to Women's Cricket Chat. I'm Hannah. And I'm Alexandra, Alex for short. And on today's podcast, we've got Western Storm captain Sophie Luff. The sort of idea behind it is that we wanted to do sort of 60 seconds where we ask the interviewee just like fun questions so that they can sort of relax into the podcast, so to speak. So who is your current favourite artist? Oh, good question. I like uh, the Cortinas at the minute. Favourite song? Not 19 Forever. Oh, that's a good one. Who's your best mate in the dressing room? I'd probably say Fee Morris at the minute. It could change. <laughs> Who do you think's got the worst fashion sense in the dressing room? Oh, I haven't seen much of what the girls wear outside of cricket, to be honest. I reckon Gibbo's out there, though. Danny Gibson, I reckon she's quite flair. Might not be the worst, but I reckon, yeah, it's quite out there. Who's got the worst music taste in the dressing room? Nat Rose. How bad are we talking? Um, it's just not what I'd go for. It's very drum and bass, which she loves, but it's just not my scene. What was the last book you read? <laughs> um, this is actually a really um, badgery one, but I've literally just finished reading. It took me ages. Uh, Mike Brearley's The Art of Captaincy. It was the dullest book I've ever read, um, and I'm not really sure why I continued reading it. Um, have you read Rachel Hoho Flint's autobiography? It's like a book from like the 1980s. No, I haven't. Because I have to send it down to you, because honestly, that was actually interesting. I actually read that. I struggle reading books, and I actually got through that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anything's got to be better than Mike, um, really. So, What was the last TV show you watched? I've been watching The Crown at the minute, so yeah, I'm just um, halfway through season three. Oh, this is an interesting one. Do you prefer the programmes on Netflix or Amazon Prime? Uh, Netflix. Favourite takeaway? Uh, Indian. That's a strong, strong shout. Yeah, so as you can tell, Sophie, we are very new to doing this. And we thought, like, this was meant to be just kind of like a passion project, but you know what? Might get a couple people, like, keen. And honestly, this week has been mad. The last time I saw you was, in fact, in 2019. It was in Brighton. You might have been um, celebrating your KSL win for, I think it was the second time. So tell me about that kind of, if you can remember that day, what was it like? Yeah, it was pretty amazing, to be honest. I mean, winning in 2017, that was sort of like the highlight of my career I'd never really experienced anything like that before but then to back it up and win in 2019 it was a, a great game of cricket very high scoring I mean we did well to win it to be to be honest we'd had a fantastic tournament and we probably were deserved winners really um, but you've always got that final to overcome and got to get over the line to get that trophy so yeah it was just a, a great great feeling really and yeah a proud moment um, in my career. And it was really nice as well because I bumped into your mum at the game as well and seeing her like, because I haven't seen you properly since probably, I don't know, 2011, 2012 kind of thing. And back in the days, like playing for Somerset and everything where you were my captain. So tell me about kind of how proud your mum was, how proud the family were to see you from kind of the county days all the way through to winning that KSL for a second time. Yeah, I guess that's a, a big reason for me continuing to play. And, you know, hopefully I do make them them really proud. They've been part of my journey uh, right from the very start. I guess that's how I got into the game. Dad played and still does play cricket. And obviously I've got a younger brother in Jack. So I always had someone in the garden, you know, throwing balls at me, hitting balls at me. And yeah, like I said, they've been there every step of the way. Mum continues to come to pretty much every game she can. She, I don't know whether she loves cricket or whether she just loves the sun. But um, yeah, she's always on, on the side of the pitch cheering me on. And yeah, it's just great to have their support, really. 
Was cricket always on the cards for you as a career path? I think I was pretty clear that cricket was where I, I wanted to go, but obviously it's only really just become professional. So, you know, I was just playing out of the, you know, for the love of the game for a long time. And I think I was quite clear on where I wanted to get to. Obviously part of the England Academy at one time and, and felt that that was the way that, you know, I was going. Um, it wasn't quite to be. So great that we've got this professional setup now for players like myself that haven't quite made it right to the very top. But yeah, I think cricket was, was a massive part of my life. After university, I got into coaching and, and focused on that, albeit very cricket orientated. But yeah, like I said, it's a massive passion of mine. Just thinking about your kind of role now as well as like the captain of Western Storm. So like captaincy's kind of running your blood and also like from those kind of younger Somerset days too. Um, being in your kind of presence, we all knew growing up kind of with you, like there was always something special about you. And we all kind of wanted to be like you because we didn't have role models. So kind of how do you deal with like captaincy now? And do you feel because you've kind of been the only kind of trailblazer there at like Somerset, quite a lot of girls, most of your kind of career anyway, do you feel quite like you've come into it quite easy or has it been quite of a challenge to kind of take on that captaincy role? I think this year it was it was challenging and, and a big step for me. I, I really felt that, yeah, it was something that I was desperate to do. You know, the West Country, Western Storm is, is a big passion of mine, something that I absolutely adore. So, yeah, to be asked to be captain was a real privilege. You know, there were a few reservations around, you know, whether it would affect my game. And, you know, I wanted to score as many runs as possible and, and contribute to as many wins as possible and, and whether that would affect it. But, yeah, captaincy is something that I've, I've always done from a young age. I'm, I'm not really sure why or how I fell into it. Like you said, there, there probably wasn't that many, you know, girls around at the time and I was always used to captaining boys teams when I was growing up at school at club and I guess it was just a natural progression for me really to to lead from the front in, in terms of my performances and I guess that's how I fell into the captaincy role more often than not was just leading leading from the front with performances and what does um like playing kind of for Somerset West Country as you mentioned like what does that mean to you because obviously do you have a farm as well or have I made that up yeah my dad and my grandparents farm so yeah yeah very heavily associated with Somerset with the West Country it's, it's all I've ever known really um you know there's been moments along my career where people have had conversations around you know maybe moving counties if I was if I wanted to progress um, and get further with my cricket and to me there's no other option it, it's here in the west country that's where I grew up that's where I you know transitioned through the Somerset pathway but, you know don't get me wrong I was really lucky um, I had some great opportunities I worked with some great coaches along the way and yeah I guess this is my time to sort of yeah pay all that hard work back and you know hopefully that they're, they're proud, of, proud of me as well and you're talking about those kind of like inspirational coaches and stuff who has been the kind of main figures for you who have kind of kept you going for all this time because obviously it's been quite it would have been easy for you to give up quite early on when there wasn't this kind of professional structure in place like you said it's only been recently where you have been able to like get paid to do what you love um so who's kind of kept you going to be fair there's, there's a number of people and um yeah there was a moment in in my career probably just before the the Kia Super League where I'd come off the England Academy and you know the county system didn't support players like me I, I didn't have any coaching um support to fall back into so I pretty much begged borrowed borrowed and stole in that period and I I asked favors of people that I knew and maybe if they were prepared to work with me and I was lucky that I was working at Somerset Cricket Board at the time so I had access to the facilities if they were free for an hour then I try and marry up coach availability hall availability my availability it was a bit of a juggling act to be honest and you know sometimes it only looked like an hour every couple of weeks but it was it was something I guess but for me the the guy that's done a lot for me is Trevor Griffin he was obviously heavily involved with Western Storm from 2017 to 2019 um obviously picked up the trophy twice so he's obviously doing something right but Trev's got time for everyone and 
yeah, he pretty much gave up so much of his time just to come and work with me. So we were having, you know, weekly sessions and he's always someone that I feel like I can talk to. I, I still message him now, even though he's at um, opposition side, you know, I, I feel like I can go back to him and, and chat to him, you know, when things are going well and, and when things are going not so well, um, as we all know happens in, in the game of cricket. More recently, I've obviously been working closely with Mark O'Leary, who I actually met eight years ago when I started university. Um, and again, it was a similar story in terms of I knew that there was an MTCU scheme available at university and I asked questions about how I could access it. You know, were there any girls on the programme and could I be part of it? So asking those questions, Mark um, allowed myself and Carla Rudd to be part of that programme. Carla obviously playing for Southern Vipers now. But yeah, I guess it's just a case of I've, you know, asked questions and, and used people that I know and trust along the way, really. So how do you sort of stay positive when things aren't sort of going away might be a loss of form or like you said it's difficult to find opportunities how do you remain positive in that sense I think you've just got to remember why you play the game so you know you play the game because I absolutely love it um, at times it's really frustrating and when things aren't going well but ultimately yeah I love the game so you've just got to try and take yourself back to you know when you were playing in the garden and you know there wasn't all that pressure and, and people weren't watching you but yeah just try and keep things simple go back to people you trust people that believe in you people that back you people that know you at your best because you know they've seen you when you do do things really well and it's easy to forget that you do do things well when things aren't going so well so yeah definitely make sure you've got that network of, of people to go back to and do you bring that within kind of your coaching as well I guess so how do you kind of build trust within the younger girls that you've working with within the primary schools that you might have coached in before as well so what's your kind of coaching philosophy as well there I guess <laughs> yeah my philosophy is a lot around confidence and trying to instill confidence in players probably through past experiences that's where I feel like I've probably made the biggest shift um, in the last 18 to 24 months is my confidence and actually believing that I'm I'm good enough and I don't think I I did that enough when I was younger so for me it's just trying to get these girls to to believe that they are good enough and if they don't believe that they're good enough you know why don't they believe that and for me it's trying to create an environment where they can explore what they can do and not so much focus on the things that they can't do or they're not very good at because we're we're all really good at saying you know what we can get better at but actually exploring you know what you are capable of and, and opening your eyes to, to your strengths is really important. What would you say then has been your sort of proudest moment as a coach? That's a really good question and probably something I haven't haven't thought about. I think as a as a community coach going into schools um, every day and inspiring lots of different children from lots of different walks of life and I guess just having an impact on those those children and you know that doesn't mean that they go home and they take up cricket and they join their local club that could be that they've got slightly more confidence in school when they do go home that might mean that they've got some leadership qualities that might mean that they can share they can take it in turns they can actually work in a team for me those little small successes are, are massive and are probably why I kept kept community coaching for so long because it, it was so enjoyable I was obviously lucky enough to be awarded chance to shine schools coach of the year in 2019 and for me that that's special because a lot of the time you, people don't see what you do day in day out as a community coach you know you get in your car you travel to a school you see maybe 100 children at that school you get back in your car go to another one in the afternoon do exactly the same thing and then you go home and no one really knows what impact you had um, so to be recognized nationally was was fantastic for that I guess quickly as well I want to bring up COVID obviously what impact do you think that is going to have on the kind of next generation of players coming through perhaps and recreationally as well because at the end of the day like you don't have to be the best player in the world as a kid or anything like that it is meant to be about fun 
and enjoyment so how do you think schools are kind of coping in like the, the game of cricket and everything I think Chance to Shine are doing some fantastic things in terms of trying to support schools so I think they would have had coaches in last term which is is fantastic and and obviously the situation at the moment, everything's going to be sort of online. I've had a few discussions around some live sessions uh, with Chance to Shine recently. And there'll, there'll be some virtual stuff that they can access. I think just trying to keep keep cricket in people's minds, I guess. And, and you know, hopefully come April, come a season, things look a lot brighter and, and we can actually get out there and, and play some cricket. I know last year was, you know, incredibly frustrating for everyone that, you know, the season was, was shorter and, and we didn't really get that much cricket, to be honest. I didn't expect to play any, so you know, really grateful for or for all the hard work that the ECB um, and the regions put in, in in getting such fantastic competition off the floor, really. And then just tell me a little bit more about that kind of Rachel Hayho Flint Trophy competition. So how did you kind of prepare? Because obviously most of the summer it was kind of like, are we going to get any cricket? No, we're not. Yes, we are. And then all of a sudden a whole kind of competition was put into play. So how did you prepare and how did you kind of get used to your new teammates as well? Because I guess you've been around some of them, but perhaps not all of them before. Yeah, I think it was it was a challenge and I think every team was in the same position weren't they so I was lucky enough to be awarded a a regional retainer contract which meant that I was able to access two three sessions a week up at Bristol from sort of early July onward so there were a few of us in and around the ground and then yeah slowly the squad squad got built we played a few sort of friendly games where it was basically invitational so we wanted to get to grips with who was in our region and what players we could potentially select yeah we played two or three games and and then it was pretty much right we've got to name a squad um and yeah sometimes you have to take a punt on players um but but generally I think we we did did the best that we could with the players that we've got in this region we've obviously got got some talented individuals in the region but for me it was more about their character and what they're going to bring to to the dressing room you know at Storm we built a really good environment and culture over the last few years and I certainly didn't want to lose that it was more a case of you know how can we build on it so yeah to see the likes of a Neve Holland who I've worked closely with as, as both a player and a and a coach in the past you know make her professional debut age 15 is, is unbelievable really and like the way that she stepped up yeah it's just so exciting like for girls of her age her ability you know the sky's the limit really you know I'm so so interested to follow her career because yeah I think it could be huge um, other than Neve Holland who you mentioned who do you think are sort of the up-and-coming female cricketers yeah, so we've obviously got Neve, who's 15, um, and we've also got Emma Corney from Devon, who's 16, um, who played quite a key role in, in a number of our games. Um, but I'd say there's a core core group of contracted players now, the likes of Nat, Race, Alex Griffiths, Danny Gibson, you know, 18, 19-year-olds who, who have been around the county scene for a while, even though they're still so young. And, you know, they're, they're all involved at England Academy level now, I believe. So, yeah, the opportunities that they're getting, you know, the opportunities to develop their game at that age and be exposed to, you know, high quality coaching and, you know, competitive match play in the summer. I think, yeah, I think it's just so exciting to see how those girls, you know, flourish really. And I guess seeing this kind of change in the landscape as well of the opportunities now, are you a little bit jealous that you didn't get that prior or are you kind of quite excited that you're still at the forefront and you're kind of maybe not grateful, but perhaps like you've seen both sides of the coin maybe and you're still kind of leading the way and you can kind of shape those kind of younger players kind of experiences and remind them like look it wasn't always this easy, it wasn't this kind of comfortable and like make them work for it a little bit more maybe. Yeah, I think there's times where 
you know, you are a little bit envious because, you know, they've obviously got, you know, about seven, eight years on me. And, um, you know, I sometimes think, oh, well, what if I had those opportunities? But to be honest, I, I wouldn't change it at all. I'm really comfortable with where I'm at and where my game's at. And I think, I've, yeah, I've come into this at just the right time in terms of, you know, understanding my game and, and understanding where I want to get to. And I feel like I do really appreciate the opportunity in front of me I want to you know grab it with both hands and and just enjoy it as much as possible um you, you don't know how long your career is going to last and yeah I'm just desperate to to make the most of it really I just think it's it's so exciting and yeah it's, it's not an opportunity that I thought I would see during my career but yeah obviously ecstatic that it, it has come come to fruition something that really annoys me as well is the fact of like age and stuff so like within the media and I guess you know on TV and stuff people are sometimes preoccupied about the whole kind of like age of players like you see it with kind of Catherine Brunt all the time like oh when's she going to retire even though she's still kind of performing at the top of her level and stuff so I know you're 27 now kind of thing does that kind of like frustrate you a little bit because people are referring to you as kind of like an older player now rather than being like you're an informed player at 27 with perhaps another 10 years still to go yeah I think it is slightly frustrating albeit like age is just a number isn't it you know if you are still performing and yeah you're you're at your best then I think you, you just keep going for as long as possible um, I definitely feel like yeah like I said earlier I, I know my game so much better and you know that's not to take anything away from the 18 19 year olds coming into the game because you know when I was that age I didn't know, know my game yeah hopefully they'll know their game even quicker so by the time you know they're 22 23 they'll be in the same position that I am now but yeah just just grateful for the opportunity to try and get better from here on in and, and see where the next you know two three years takes me really in sort of next two to three years do you still sort of have dreams for playing and representing England or is that something you're not really focusing on at the minute yeah I think that dream is is always there and has always been there you know I'd be lying if I said it, it wasn't but I don't think it's my my sole focus at the moment you know at the end of the day um, I'm a professional critter I'm you know thrilled to be able to say that um, I can call myself that and you know I just need to keep working hard try and you know put in as many performances for Western Storm and, and make us as successful as I possibly can and you know if those things happen then then great if not then you know hopefully I'll have I'd have had a huge impact in in the West Country and and in a storm shirt and then just thinking back as well with like the KSL and everything you've done previously who's been kind of the best kind of overseas player that you've worked with and who have you taken inspiration from <laughs> um we're very lucky to have Shmriti Mandana at Western Storm who it was just unbelievable to be honest I mean yeah 2018 season I I actually sat in the dugout for most of it in my pads and my helmet waiting to bat because she was just smashing it all over the park and you know she's not she's not a big girl in terms of you know brute power hitting you know a lot of it is just it's just bat swing and timing and she makes it look effortless so yeah I'd have to say Smriti is probably yeah the best overseas that you know I've been lucky enough to to play with and then as well as that obviously you've worked directly with England captain like Heather Knight what's it been like working with her and especially in terms of that captaincy and leadership role have you managed to take any advice on board from her have you had any kind of conversations because obviously she's a West Country girl as well yeah I wouldn't say we've had any sort of direct conversations around it I just love the way that Heather goes about things and you know for me she's only a couple years older than me but she's a real role model you know I grew up playing against her 
Um, you know, Somerset Devon was always such a great rivalry. I think she got 100 in more games, to be honest, that we played against her, um, which wasn't always good news for the results of Somerset. But look, she's just a, a class player. She's just the ultimate professional. And um, the way that she goes about things, you know, on the pit and off it, you know, she's exemplary. And, you know, when we have got her in the storm environment, I just think it's so invaluable for the, the younger members of the squad to, to see how she does go about things, how she conducts herself, you know, her work ethic and training. You know, she could have a massive influence just by being there. She doesn't always have to you know say anything I just think you know if you're a young player you're you're watching her every move and yeah trying to emulate her I guess. For those of us who aren't sort of that aware could you explain a little bit about the Somerset Devon rivalry? Uh, well, we're neighbouring counties, so I guess it, it comes with the territory. But yeah, look, growing up, age group cricket was always sort of regional. So we would play Devon, Cornwall, Gloucester. Uh, Wales used to sneak into our group occasionally in Hampshire. But yeah, look, Devon were a very good good outfit in those days. Um, they had obviously Heather. Um, they ha- also had Giselle Ansley, who plays hockey for GB now. And Jodie Cook, who was part of the England setup for a while. Um, so they had a number of very good players, as did we. And yeah, I guess it was just, just that local rivalry that they got the fires burning really and just quickly as well so you said like obviously with Somerset there's some really good players and stuff who are out of the kind of the Somerset group who maybe haven't continued their kind of playing career at the moment who do you kind of miss the most from the game for me Kate Randall was always such a good performer and yeah she doesn't play cricket anymore which is a real shame yeah she was an off spinner could whack it as well she used to bowl you know eight nine overs in a game for pretty much nothing picked three or four wickets up she was a very yeah consistent and handy performer um, as was Lauren Trubsoll who bowled leggies obviously Anya's sister yeah we used to call them the spin twins and yeah they just used to you know rip through sides there was also uh, Emily Robinson who was an opening batter keeper again I don't think she plays tall anymore but yeah she was always um, a good laugh as well was Robbo and I think that's definitely what um, like Kate Randall and stuff brought to the side as well and Lauren and everything and it is a shame to see that they're not playing anymore and I think especially kind of like for me growing up seeing you kind of guys as like the role models for us younger girls was so huge and it's such a shame that there's kind of cohorts of players that don't play at all anymore and I guess that isn't just kind of like a Somerset thing it's kind of a generational thing across the country perhaps what's your thoughts on that kind of thing why do you think so many players did kind of fall out of the system yeah it's a good question I guess um I guess because it wasn't professional and you know they didn't have that you know consistent support and probably someone there to you know say to them like keep going and you know sometimes you've got to make a decision that there are other areas of your life that you need to focus on and you know for those girls cricket probably took a back seat because it had to you know they, they continued to play club cricket for a number of years um, unfortunately the, the club system in the women's game isn't great at the moment so it doesn't really entice those players back into the game um, you know Kate's got a family now which is it's crazy to think but yeah I'm, I'm sure she's very happy and I'm sure she looks back on on her time at Somerset and you know all those successes that she had within the game I, I'm sure she looks back on them really fondly. You sort of mentioned on sort of the county setup what do you think sort of needs to change for less of these stories to sort of happen where they where talented cricketers drop out of the game? Yeah I just think there needs to be more support really um, which you know it is going in the right direction and and you know hopefully it will just filter down um, you know we're in a position at the moment where you know there are a number of us professional contracted players but you know that's still five or six out of a out of a squad and that's at regional level how do how do those other squad players access the support and then you know that needs to filter down into into the academy systems and then obviously into the county age group so yeah I think it is just a 
a case of trying to put as much resource into into those players as possible. Um, I think you're always going to lose some along the way. You know, some people, you know, think cricket's, you know, where they want to get to. And, and then they realise that there are ever, other walks of life, whether that's through university experience or or the working world. So, yeah, I do think that naturally you're always going to lose some along the way. But, you know, obviously we want to keep as many talented players in the game as possible for as long as possible. So we've spoken quite a lot about, obviously, Somerset and, like, growing up and the regional side of things and stuff. Um, But what has been your favourite cricket memory? Yeah, look, I guess winning the Super League twice, yeah, you can't really top top those moments. They're definitely, the you know, where I wanted to get to and I wanted to, you know, feel that success. But if I sort of strip it, strip it back, the fact that I've, you know stepped on a pitch with my dad and my brother playing club cricket sounds sounds pretty lame but I think it's yeah it was just it's just such a special moment to to be playing the game that you love the game that you've grown up with because of those people and to be out there on a pitch together is is always pretty special uh they've probably scored more runs than me in the game which is frustrating but um yeah by the by um it's all good fun isn't it it definitely is and um I think you're quite responsible as well for shifting those kind of opinions within kind of those village men's leagues and stuff like that. Obviously, like, Limpsham's quite high up there, aren't they? With are they, I've completely forgotten what the whole kind of Somerset structure is now, but it used to be kind of like the Weppel and all that kind of stuff and the Shrubbery League. But I think it's all been changed since I've been down south. So explain to me what kind of league they are in now and your kind of role and how you have perhaps changed perceptions as well about women's capabilities within the men's kind of village league. Yeah, you're testing me on what division they're in they're definitely in the Somerset League they could be in division three I want to say but obviously everything sort of changed last year because of Covid um, and it went to sort of local games so yeah whether they'll they'll continue that this year or whether they'll go back into their intended divisions I guess we'll wait and see Um, but look I've always enjoyed the challenge of playing boys and men's cricket yeah I've always sort of had that sort of bit between my teeth and you feel like you've got a point to prove and yeah I don't think it was ever sort of an aggressive thing with me it was just yeah I want to go out there and and show what I am capable of. Uh, more often than not, of the bowler back in the day, growing up boys and men's cricket. Um, obviously, more of a batter now. So yeah, at the minute I just try and try and fit in where I can. Um, if I've got a free Saturday, which, which isn't looking likely this year, certainly with a busy schedule, hopefully. But yeah, over the last few years, I've I've tried to get in a, as many games as possible for them. Yeah, like I say, playing with with my dad and my brother is is always special. So I'm always keen to keen to do that if I can. And talk to me about that relationship as well with your brother because I've got a younger brother and it's only recently we started to get on now. Like my brother's now 22 but the whole of my childhood we did not get on at all even like playing sports and stuff it was constant kind of like arguing and constant like just winding each other up but I know like you and your brother has always been quite close and really supportive of one another so tell us a little bit more about that yeah I guess it certainly seems that way now that he's supportive but look we're just old competitive you know there's there's something on everything but yeah Jack's just very very annoyingly talented um you know we could be playing you know all sorts of games and you know He'll, he'll just pick things up really quickly which is so frustrating so I lose a lot of the time but it makes him feel good so so that's great but yeah in recent years he's he's probably been my number one fan to be honest um, he tries to get to as many games as, as possible even though he wants to play his cricket at the weekend yeah it's a it's a relationship that um, has probably developed into that supportive role uh, we still have plenty of banter and there's a lot of sticks flying around at the weekends about who scored the most runs and you know oh, did you see my sticks I went absolutely miles yeah I wasn't there Jack but you can tell me you know, all about it if you want yeah, yeah I think it's really important moments, think, but yeah you know those people obviously good fun are there when it's you know, going when well but they're the people that um, you yeah, probably you really need when it's not going so well and I, I alluded it to it to it earlier as well but those people know you um, when you're at your best as well and 
sometimes you can lose sight of that and lose sight of where you want to get to so yeah to have those people there to remind you of what you do really well and you know why you started playing the game all of those sort of things um, I think is important. One of the questions as well I've been asking in like my PhD research at the moment with like women's cricketers and stuff is when was the first time that you actually saw women play cricket? I've got to rack my brain now. My first memory of meeting female players was when Taunton was announced as the women's home of cricket. Um, I'm not exactly sure what year that would have been. I want to say somewhere around 2005, 2006 maybe. And I remember... I went down because I was part of Somerset under 13s um, and we went and we did like a photo in front of what's now the long room. I've got a photo in the house actually, uh, really embarrassing, but it's of me with Isha Guha and Holly Colvin um, from that day. And yeah, I guess that was probably my first memory of, of sort of meeting those players. I couldn't even tell you whether I watched them play a game there or, or when that would have been I mean I grew up going to Taunton watching the likes of Marcus Drascothic, Justin Langer all of those sort of players performing for Somerset which you know obviously fantastic players but yeah I, I can't really remember any any female games that I, I ever went to watch when I was growing up. And I think um, Alex perhaps is a super Somerset fan so she might have a, several questions for you on that matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite it's a weird one considering I live in Surrey, but I'm a Somerset fan. Um, who's been your favourite cricketer, men or women, um, that you've ever seen play the game? Well, growing up, it was it was Triscothic for me. Obviously, you know, opening the batting uh, week in week out for Somerset, an absolute legend of the game. You know, in 2005, I guess that was when sort of cricket sort of really took off in this country with with the Ashes and the success of that. And he was obviously part of that squad. And I was just sort of, you know, really, really getting into the game at that point as well. Um, so he was someone that I will sort of, you know, really enjoyed watching bat. These days, I absolutely love watching Butler bat. Actually um, went to the same school as Joss uh, growing up, um, even though he's a few years older than me. And yeah, recently I've, I've really enjoyed watching Kane Williamson and the way that he goes about things. For me, there's a lot lot about Kane that probably goes underrated he's an absolute run machine but it's more his game management and reading of certain situations that I I really like so yeah again you know they're all all male players that I'm talking about there but you know for young girls these days um, you know when you are talking about cricket you know hopefully they're saying you know Tammy Beaumont had the night and your shrub so I, I think they will be because it, it's visible these days. I definitely agree with you. And I've definitely seen some Kane Williamson uh, posts across social media from you too. I want to kind of get inside like your head as well in terms of like when you go out about what are you thinking about? Like I want to know like the ins and outs of like how does your brain work when it comes to like high pressure situations and getting some of that strategic insight into what makes you so brilliant as a batter. I'd love to know what goes on inside my head most of the time when I'm batting as well. Um, I think that's when you know you're at your best almost is you know there's been some innings where you almost can't remember what happened because you're just so in the moment and yeah there isn't that much thought because you're just playing on instinct and yeah I wish every game was like that to be honest but it's not I think yeah while I'm waiting to bat um, I'm obviously at you know sort of three or or have been this season for Western Storm Um, so yeah it's always a little bit nerve-wracking waiting in the wings I guess you're just trying to read the read the situation you know for me it'd be you know looking at what the bowlers are, are trying to do and you know what fields they've got set and you know where I might get off strike and and get going I think that's that's my main thought really is you know get off the mark get up the other end and, and get going really and then yeah for me it's just about um taking stock of 
yeah, what the game requires of me. You know, I've obviously got a set way of playing, but there'll be times where, you know, I need to bat in a certain way and, and play a certain role for the team. Um, I think that's probably why I had so much success last year for Storm in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint is I was so comfortable being at three and, and what my role was in the side that I was just able to go out and, and bat myself and execute that really. Um, just picking up on what you said earlier about the likes of girl, young girls talking about the likes of Tammy Beaumont, Heather Knight, etc. Do you think with competitions such as the 100, how big of an impact do you think it will be for the women's game? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, any any competition where there's visibility is only going to have a positive effect on the game. And, you know, girls growing up will hopefully get behind, you know, whatever team it is. You know, they might they might be from Somerset, but they might be supporting Trent Rockets because Nat Siver is their favourite player. And to be honest, you know, that doesn't really matter because, you know, they're following the game, they're taking an interest and, you know, they've got those role models to, to look up to and emulate. You know, hopefully we'll be able to have, you know, those high quality overseas stars that, have been talked about as well you know to get that that caliber of player over here and for young girls to you know fingers crossed be able to get into stadiums and and watch those players I'm hugely excited about the prospect of playing with some of them so for young girls to go and watch those those players um is, is a great opportunity so you just said you're excited who are you most excited about potentially playing with I know there's potentially a bit of movement going on at the moment but who's the the one that you're definitely looking forward to kind of like batting with or being next to yeah so I guess if she resigns it would be Meg Lanning um I think she's she's a, a world-class performer yeah I mean when the 100 was introduced and and Meg was announced and I was due to be at Welsh Fire as well um yeah the prospect of of being able to potentially bat with her quite daunting um but yeah hugely exciting someone that you can probably learn a, a huge amount off and yeah, it's just exciting that, you know, players like myself are exposed to to being in around a group with, with that calibre of player. So, you know, for the 18, 19 year olds that are involved in the competition as well, it's it's just a yeah, a huge opportunity for them to, to learn and develop really. And, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, they'll take it all in and not be too phased by it and hopefully realise, you know, that it is a, a really good opportunity to to learn from some of the world's best. And I guess as well, um, we have got a couple like non-cricket related questions as well. Um, but before we get on to that, what advice do you have for kind of like young girls today to kind of follow into your footsteps and get to that kind of top level of the game? I think they've got to you know, keep enjoying it for as long as possible. And, you know, that's why you, you started playing the game or they probably started playing the game because, you know, they find it fun. They, they like playing with their friends. And um, I think it's important to remember that. But, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage them to, to explore what they can do and, you know, find out what they are capable of. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of young players and they say, oh, I can't sweep. Um, you know, I can't hit over the top. And, you know, when I delve deeper into it, it's, well, can you not do it? Or, or have you tried or have you not tried to do it? And, and a lot of the time it's because they, you know, they haven't potentially tried it and they're probably scared of, getting it wrong so yeah just encouraging them to you know have a go at things and you know it's not always going to look pretty and you're going to get get things wrong and you're going to make plenty of mistakes and it's just trying to to get them to relax in an environment you know where they feel you know safe that they can can make those mistakes and and that's the way that they're going to get better and, and develop really and then getting to know who is Sophie Luff outside of cricket as well because obviously you are a person you have other interests than just playing the game too. So I think Alex might have some baking questions for you because she's been <laughs> in awe of your new Instagram page and everything. So I'll hand you over to Alex. Yeah, like you've made so many amazing sort of cakes and stuff. What's been your favourite 
sort of thing to bake? Well, my favourite, um, and it's probably one of the easiest as well, um, is Rocky Road. I always put Rolos and Crunchy in mine just for a little, yeah, added extra. But yeah, that would be my, my go-to, my banker, really. What made you decide to set up like a baking Instagram page? Yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. I was obviously doing a fair amount of baking um, in the first lockdown. I was doing sort of a weekly a weekly call with someone I used to work with. We were sort of baking together. Each week we'd you know, do a different re- recipe. And then, yeah, I just thought, oh, actually, you know, I'm clogging up my own, my own twist, um, my own Instagram, sorry, with, with bakes. And, you know, maybe I should have a, a separate page where I just post cakes and biscuits and, yeah, whatever I make, really. So that's how it came about, more so just not to clutter my own Instagram, really. Who are some of your favourite bakers to follow and what are your favourite recipes of theirs to make? So I've always loved Mary Berry um, from the Bake Off, really. Yeah, I think I think she's she's a legend of of baking, and yeah, I'd probably follow her recipe more often than not. But actually, I just follow loads of different baking pages on Instagram. So there's one which is Jane Patisserie. Literally, check it out. It's it's unbelievable. Like some of the stuff she makes, I just think, wow, that looks looks like it will taste great. It looks amazing. So yeah, usually I just follow follow her recipes to be honest. Um, and yeah, so far so good. Do you sort of find that baking is a good stress reliever or is it something you just did to fill the time in lockdown? Because obviously it feels like we've been locked up in lockdown for about 100 years. So do you find it as a good, like, nice break? Yeah, I, I find it quite, um, yeah, therapeutic, I guess. I just enjoy, like, making things for other people. Like, for me, it's not necessarily, like, me wanting to eat the end result it's seeing how other people react to it and and them enjoying it um so I know the storm girls are yeah absolutely loving me you know when when I come into training you know I'll usually have something with me to offer and if I don't then they usually kick off at me so (laughs) yeah look I guess it's um it's just something to sort of you know yeah occupy some time especially these days uh we've all got a, a little bit more time on our hands haven't we yeah, I say it's therapeutic. Sometimes it's a little bit stressful. Um, like in cricket, I'm a perfectionist. So, you know, when things aren't looking exactly how I want them to or exactly how um, the recipe looks, it's a little bit panic stations. But yeah, usually it turns out all right in the end. I completely get that. Like my my sister actually has put me on like a baking ban because I baked so much during the first lockdown. I was like, you're just trying to make me fat. And I was trying to win like a um, KitchenAid sand mixer. And I said, imagine like if I made all these cakes and she jokes saying oh um you have to build me a slide to get around the house because I just your cakes are just so good but I just can't eat them anymore because I'm just gonna get fat I just want to quickly ask as well um what does your nutritionist think of it like with the baking <laughs> is there any kind of comments that have been made or have they been won over by your bake yeah it's, it's a good question to be honest so we don't have a, a set nutritionist which is probably pretty lucky at the moment um given how much I'm baking yeah I we haven't really had a discussion at around it so much the way that I see it is that yeah a little bit of something naughty isn't gonna hurt you as long as you're doing the right things you know consistently day in day out and, and you're taking care of your nutrition that way yeah but the girls have have loved it so far so yeah hopefully yeah there aren't too many comments from the SNC you know hopefully the girls are working just as hard as in the gym as they always are and you know our fitness test results are, are pretty good which means that um yeah I can carry on baking <laughs> I was going to say, you must have won over like the dressing room purely by cakes, I guess. I guess you haven't got much to fight with when you are offering the goods. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of comments around like, oh, 
that's why you're in the team. And yeah, I think I jokingly put a tweet out um, when I, I won Players Player this season, um, just saying like, oh, like good to know that all the all the bakes paid off girls. But yeah, like I said, I, I just really enjoy, you know, baking for other people. And yeah, it's a little bit of a distraction away from the game as well. And as well as baking, what like what else can we see like Sophie Luff getting up to in your spare time? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm pretty chilled, pretty relaxed. A lot of what I'm about is being active and yeah, that's why I, I really enjoy coaching as well. I certainly couldn't sit behind a desk uh, nine till five every day. You know, I like to be up and about doing things, getting outside. Yeah, baking obviously is is one hobby of mine away from away from the game. I got into cycling during the first lockdown as well um, which I've yeah remarkably kept up even during this disgusting weather yeah I don't know if if I'm you know stupid or just think I'm you know Bradley Wiggins these days but yeah that's been really good to to get stuck into something that I I probably didn't think I, I would enjoy that much obviously very lucky to live where I do and enjoy lots of country lanes around Somerset there's loads of you know pretty villages that that you can go to try and avoid all the hills if I can so yeah haven't been brave enough to uh, venture to Cheddar Gorge yet. All about up uh, Brent Knoll? Yeah I usually skirt around Brent Knoll that's that's really close to me so um, yeah I usually sort of do a bit of a bit of a loop around there but yeah I probably wouldn't venture up there. Also as well like so again thinking about Sophie Luff outside of cricket what would be like one thing that people don't know about you? Oh <laughs> I don't know actually that's a that's a tough question I mean it's quite deep um, yeah yeah I'm not sure I, I could think of anything that people might not know about me necessarily well like your go-to yeah. the fun fact that like fans of the game might not know about any kind of achievements that people might be like oh okay that's different yeah you've got me stumped now <laughs> yeah I don't think I've got anything for you to be honest just trying to wrap my brain no, I don't think I've won any obscure competitions or anything like that any kind of blue peter badges or anything no i'm i'm so not creative at all like if it was like art or music i'm out like i am offering zero i've got no talent in either of those areas yeah i actually like really admire people that are are good at that sort of thing because i'm just yeah haven't got a clue and I guess before we kind of like finish the conversation as well, just a little bit more about your degree as well, because obviously you went to Cardiff Met playing cricket, but also like that degree. So tell us a little bit about that as well, just before we kind of conclude. Yeah, so um, I graduated with a first class honours degree in sport and physical education, which I guess sort of set me up to go on and do a PGCE and, and become a teacher. Yeah, I don't really know what it was. I just wasn't that interested in 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 doing teaching so yeah like I said I I sort of left university and I'd been doing little bits of coaching during my time there and yeah I guess I just fell into into the coaching world and and that was me for for four or five years which I absolutely absolutely loved I did think about doing a a master's but you know that might be something to consider moving forward certainly now I'm a professional cricketer and you know we get access to the PCA and all of their support you know thinking about what perhaps want to go into post cricket is is something that I you know I'm thinking about now um, even though I've sort of only just started my journey as a pro you know I've obviously got coaching qualifications to to fall back on and experiences in the coaching world I'm really interested in strength and conditioning so whether that's something that I look at moving forward um, obviously could could tie in quite nicely um, in the cricket world as well. Alex do you have any other questions before we conclude or 
No, I don't. I think we sort of covered everything. Sophie, where can our listeners find you on social media if they want to check out all your stuff? Well, that's a good question. I don't even know my own sort of um, tags. I'm Love Sophie on Twitter. And then my Instagram, my baking page is actually Bake With Lush, which is yeah, a little bit of a, a random name. And then, yeah, I'm Sophie Luff 06 on Instagram. Perfect. So then the final question is, I guess, what does 2021 look for you and your hopes for the future? I'd, I'd love to say that Western Storm will win some silverware. Um, we've obviously been successful in the past and yeah we're, we've got a bit of a habit of winning trophies so yeah obviously last season didn't really go to plan in terms of in terms of that but yeah this year hopefully we'll get a, a full season both t20 and 50 overs and you know hopefully we can be as successful as possible you know hopefully the 100 goes ahead and you know i can make an impact in in that form of the game you know the, the formats are getting shorter and shorter and you know if you'd asked me a few years ago i, I don't think that would have necessarily suited my game but yeah I guess we're used to being adaptable and flexible aren't we these days so yeah I've made a few changes to to my game and hopefully they can sort of transition into the summer you know in the past um, you work on on stuff in the winter and you might not necessarily see it um, come to fruition in the summer so yeah hopefully I've had plenty of time on path this winter um, and those those things can can come to the fore in in 2021 and yeah hopefully it's a, a successful season for the squad. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for sparing an hour of your day during this kind of miserable, cold January. Um, hopefully, the hopefully the weather's much nicer in the summer and you get plenty of games. COVID's kind of non-existent and we can get back to kind of just enjoying being outdoors and without restrictions and everything. And challenging for hopefully. silverware. Yeah, of course. Yeah, getting some silverware, inspiring like more young boys and girls to pick up a bat and a ball and everything and representing the Southwest. Yep, that's the plan.